hard time over three minutes. Behizzi's late like 15 minutes every single time he goes live. So, uh, you know, I'm pretty, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty much on time every other live stream. So, anyways, I got a pretty big show for you guys. Yesterday, I listened to the Dan Bongino show. I don't, you know, every once in a while I'll catch Dan Bongino, and he broke down a connection between the Hunter Biden, Joe Biden crime syndicate and a Ukrainian oligarch by the name of Igor uh, Kolomoisky, right? And this was this was an incredible show. If you guys missed it, I strongly suggest that you watch it. But after hearing that, I woke up this morning, I went on the Gateway Pundit, and I found this story right here. What a coincidence. Ukraine raids oligarch Igor Kolomoisky's home, who has ties to Zelensky and Hunter Biden. So, Needless to say, I spent most of the morning diving down this rabbit hole to find out exactly who this man is, why he, why I think he was raided, and the ties to the Biden crime family, and I got to tell you, I've come up with some conspiracy theories that I think you're going to find interesting, and I did a deep dive down this rabbit hole and have some information that I want to share with you guys. But before we get into that, a lot of people have been asking me for an update on Carrie Lake. And uh, she, you know, we had the conference yesterday before the appeals court, and she just posted this on her Twitter page at 1.16 p.m. So this is what she says. Update. Here's an update on our election case currently in the Arizona appellate court. The three judge panel overseeing the appeal held a private conference Wednesday, February 1st, where the judges met to discuss the case and the briefs. This is standard procedure for any appeal. The panel could issue a ruling, or if they have questions, they could ask for supplemental briefing or bring in attorneys for oral argument. Our expectation is the panel will move this case quickly. As soon as I have more information, you'll be the first to know. I will never stop fighting for you, Arizona. So, um, I I think actually, given the fact that we don't have an answer yet as to what the appeals court's going to do, this could be a good thing. Because if they were going to just give a ruling, it would probably be a dismissal. But since we have a bit of a uh, a bit of a delay here, perhaps they want to ask more questions and, like she said, you know, supplemental briefings, bring in attorneys, oral arguments. Uh, if if this goes on a, a bit longer, that could turn out to be a good thing. But we don't have a decision yet. We don't know if she's going to win this appeal. We won't know until. Um, until we get a decision. And once we do, I'll be sure to report that to you guys. Another story I want to cover before we get into this Biden crime family rabbit hole is this great news. Breaking Republicans remove leftist radical Ilhan Omar from House Foreign Affairs Committee. So it's a bad day for people that marry their brother. Uh, yesterday, I, I discussed the fact that Matt Gates, you know, surprisingly was undecided on whether or not he would vote to remove Ilhan Omar saying that he didn't want to be a hypocrite. You know, he didn't like when it happened to Marjorie Taylor Greene, and he didn't like it when it happened to Paul Gosar. So being faced with this decision to kind of turn things around on the Democrats and remove Ilhan Omar, he was undecided, which was very strange and very a little bit disappointing uh, that he was going soft on Ilhan Omar. Because, look, this whole thing with her, you know, it's not about anti-Semitic comments. Like Kevin McCarthy said, the reason she needs to be removed is for anti-Semitic comments, and that's not why. The reason is because she's she's an illegal citizen. She married her brother, 
so that she could come here illegally. And now she's in the federal government. So she should be deported, not just kicked off committees, but deported. And so I'm glad to see, you know, all it would have taken was for four Republicans to stand in the way. Uh, They needed a majority vote, 218, and it would have only taken four Republicans. And we had a few that that were saying no, but we got the 218 votes. Um, And so she is gone. So now we got Adam Shifty Shift pencil neck begging for money on TikTok. We got Eric Swalwell, uh, Chinese spy banger, kicked off the House Intelligence Committee, and Ilhan Omar is officially kicked off the Foreign Affairs Committee. And I had this joke. I've said it twice, and a lot of people just can't appreciate how funny it is. So I, I have to say it again. I think she should be put on the Ancestral Relations Committee. I'll wait. I'll wait for your, your hysterical laughter. Okay, nothing? Okay, well, I thought it was funny. And I said it, I said it yesterday, and nobody, nobody picked up on how hilarious it was. And once again, no, nobody thinks that's funny. Okay, so anyways, let's get back to uh, the main story for today. I want to talk about this. I think this is going to blow your mind. Um, maybe some of this stuff you guys already know, especially if you follow Marco Polo USA on Telegram, on Twitter, uh, Garrett Ziegler. Those, the guys, Marco Polo, those guys have been putting this stuff up for, I don't know, two years now, okay? And, and there's nothing new under the sun, but all of a sudden, the media is picking up on this stuff and making these connections, and we're seeing these stories becoming mainstream as Biden's classified document scandal is uh, heating up. But, I, so like I said, I listened to Dan Bongino yesterday cover this story. And this connection between Igor, how the hell, how do, I don't know how to say his name, Kolomiski, Kolomiski, Kolomoisky, I don't know, Igor Kolomoisky. And after doing a bit of research, I feel like, I feel like Dan Bongino missed a couple things and didn't make some of the connections that I've made, you know? So I want to I add supplemental things to uh, what I heard yesterday, and I think this is going to get pretty interesting. I think this is going to be a good one. All right? So check it out. There's an entire story here. The rabbit hole goes very deep. And this is much, much bigger than it appears to be. I titled this show, Hunter Biden's Boss Gets Raided. The rabbit hole goes deep. And that's not hyperbole. Okay? I'm not just trying to get clicks here. It's legit. This guy was Hunter Biden's boss. Okay, so here's the story. Here's how it went down. You had Obama named Biden, right, the point man for Ukraine in February 2014. Okay, Biden as vice president was in charge of Ukraine policy. Okay, everybody knows that. Then we had the Obama administration, the CIA, the undersecretary Victoria Nuland, install an illegitimate puppet president uh, named Poroshenko. Okay, he was before Zelensky. Poroshenko was installed by the, 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 the deep state apparatus here in the United States. And that's a known fact, right? Now, two months later, two months later, Hunter Biden gets put on the Burisma Energy Board to receive a million-dollar salary. Coincidence, right? Of course not. Now, this next thing is very important, okay? 
So this this dude that just got raided by Zelensky happens to be the same dude that owned Burisma, the energy company which Hunter Biden was on the board of until 2019. Okay, this Ukrainian billionaire by the name of Igor Kolomoisky owned Burisma. So he was the one cutting the check to uh, Hunter Biden. And he was paying Hunter Biden through the bank that he owned called Privat Bank. Okay, now this was the biggest bank in Ukraine. Uh, th- so this guy not only owned Burisma, he, he, he owned multiple energy companies as well as like the biggest bank in Ukraine, Privat Bank. Okay, and, and uh, Igor Kolomoisky was paying Hunter through this bank. So he was Hunter's boss. Okay, and and that's how the money laundering scheme worked. The Obama administration and Vice President Joe Biden were sending billions of dollars to Ukraine, and uh, Privat Bank was receiving IMF loans. Which I mean, the IMF is like an arm of the Federal Reserve. Okay, so the IMF was sending loans directly to Kolomoisky. And then Burisma would cut a check to Hunter. So Kol- Kolomoisky was like the middleman, okay? But here's... So so now we have the news that he's gotten raided. And he got raided, interestingly, by Zelensky's government. Which is very interesting because this guy is like the sole reason that Zelensky got elected. Okay, so Zelensky's turning on this guy. And I have a theory on why that is, but we'll get to that in just a second. But what I think, uh, what this really boils down to is that Biden wanted to get rid of this dude. Okay, because here's the thing. And this goes all the way back to 2015. Okay, so so Hunter was put on the board in 2014. Uh, in 2015, the IMF gave Ukraine a $17.5 billion aid package, right? And then shortly after, the Ukrainian government started making accusations that billions of dollars had mysteriously disappeared from Privat Bank. They sent over $17.5 billion, and they started accusing this guy of stealing $5.6 billion and redirecting it to overseas offshore accounts and a bunch of shell companies, many of which are here in the United States. Now, Kolomoisky denied this. He said, and I quote, Any deficits reported by banking regulators were done intentionally in order to expropriate the bank, my private property. He said, quote, It was an artificially created hole by the National Bank. So he's saying, basically, they set me up to take my bank. You know, they're making false accusations that I laundered money and misappropriated the IMF loan so that they could seize my bank, okay? And guess what? That's exactly what they did, okay? Once the accusations of fraud were being made and Hunter Biden's boss was being accused of an an, an embezzlement scheme, then all this talk started about how the Privat Bank was now at risk of collapsing because of the accusations of fraud, right? And if and and remember, this is like the biggest bank in Ukraine. So if it were to have collapsed, this would have killed the Ukrainian economy. So they drove up all this fear. You know, 
this guy's a fraud, and now the biggest bank in Ukraine is going to go under. So then the Ukrainian government stepped in to fill this hole, the $5.6 billion, with taxpayer dollars to bail out the bank. And then they proceeded to seize the bank entirely and nationalize it, meaning it was a private bank. Now the government steps in and wants to nationalize it and, and make it uh, owned by the government. Now, so like I said, what I think this all boils down to is Joe Biden. Remember, the Obama administration installed a puppet government, uh, Poroshenko, and Hunter Biden gets put on the board of Burisma, and all this money's being laundered to the Privat Bank, which is owned by Kolomoisky. And I think, effectively, Biden wanted to cut out the middleman. Okay, so his puppet government seized this bank from Kolomoisky and, and took it as a... As a property of the of the Ukrainian government rather than his private bank. Okay? So I guess maybe so that they could more easily launder money directly to the Biden crime family syndicate. That's my theory. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But as I'm looking at all the little bits of information, that's what my spidey senses are telling me. Okay. Now, <clears throat> to add to this, there's a phone call within this article which is very very important, and I'm going to play it. And uh, we all know about the quid pro quo, where Joe Biden threatened to withhold the billion um, from Ukraine if they didn't fire the prosecutor. Well, this points to another, another quid pro quo from Joe Biden just before Donald Trump took over. Okay, this was November 16th, 2016. And this is a phone call between Joe Biden, the vice president at the time, and the illegitimately installed president of Ukraine, Petro Poroshenko. Now listen to what he says. And remember, like I said, um, there was there was an attempt to take this bank from Kolomoisky for the for the Ukrainian government to seize it. Now check it out. We're gonna play this, it's about three minutes long. Let me know in the chat that you can hear this. That the volume's high enough, okay? Let me ask you one thing before I forget. Privat Bank. Um, uh, I understand uh, the uh, the uh, the governor of the bank is uh, is tentative about setting a date certain for the transition to take place. And I'm being told secondhand that I don't know this is her position for sure that she is unsure of a date until she gets an agreement from you. I told here's what I told them. I told them to get back there and set a date, and I would talk to you about the date. Um, because I'm sorry, guys. I think I have this at two x speed. I listen to a lot of stuff sped up, so maybe that's like too fast. For, for some people. So let me slow it down and then uh, kind of start this over. Sorry about that. Uh, I understand uh, the, uh, the, uh, the governor of the bank is, uh, is tentative about setting a date certain for the transition to take place. And I'm being told secondhand that I don't know this is her position for sure, that she is unsure of a date until she gets an agreement from you. I told, here's what I've told them. I told them to get back there and set a date, and I would talk to you about the date, um, because this is getting very, very close. What I don't want to have happen, I don't want Trump to get in a position where he thinks he's about to buy onto a policy where the financial system is going to collapse, and he's going to be looked to to 
to pour more money into Ukraine. That's how he'll think about it before he gets sophisticated enough to know the details. So anything you can do to push the, the, the Pravat Bank uh, um, to closure so that the IMF loan comes forward, I would respectfully suggest is critically important to your economic as well as physical security. I know it's difficult. I know Kolomorsky is a pain in the ass and a problem for everybody, but, um, but it really is critical that, uh, that, that, that we, you guys figure this one out. And you've been good. You've, you've publicly spoken out as I've asked you to do. You've done that. I just want you to give the, uh, what, what she called the commissioner, the governor, the, the, the governor of the bank, give her some spine. Uh, let her know that you're going to be standing there um, when she sets a date and moves forward. This is very important what I hear from you. And uh, I think that, that on the 22nd of, of November, on, on uh, Tuesday, I will have a final report from Ernst & Young audit. And we agreed that me, Prime Minister, Minister of Finance, Governor, I invite Arseny and our uh, security officers should meet and make a decision about the date. Uh, the only reason I have, after 22nd, when I have an audit report, we have a uh, voting of the budget in the parliament, where Skolomoisky has a significant number of members of parliament. And the prime minister asked me to vote budget first, and then launching the process. This is the confidential information, but... Uh, I, I will keep that with me. I, I will keep that with me. Okay, so nobody really knows who recorded this call. Uh, it's, it's a complete mystery. But here we have, uh, this, this is a blatant act of treason, a blatant quid pro quo. Biden telling Poroshenko, Poroshenko to set a date to take action on Privat Bank in order to receive another IMF loan. That's a definition of a quid pro quo. I mean, how many, how many quid pro quos can this guy do blatantly recorded either on camera or a rec- recorded phone call? And, and and not be held accountable. They impeached Trump. Remember, they impeached Trump over a phone call where he was saying, I think, you know, I think Joe Biden, he did a quid pro quo getting this uh, prosecutor fired that was investigating his son. You might want to look into that. And they impeached Trump over that. This, 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 this entire apparatus is, it's, it's all a big cover up. Um, but he, what, what, look, there's a lot of dots to connect here, and I know it's a lot of information, but um, I think I, I have at least a theory as to what all of this means and what's going on here. Okay, so after that phone call, they nationalized the bank, meaning, again, the government took over Kolom- Kolomoisky's private bank. Okay, because remember, uh, they sent the IMF loan, then they started claiming that there was $5.6 billion missing, and that it was being laundered and misappropriated, which they said necessitated the government to intervene so that the bank doesn't collapse under these allegations of fraud and collapse the economy, right? So Biden's calling to put pressure on 
to make sure that happens before Trump takes over. Make sure, make sure you want to nationalize the Privat Bank before Donald Trump takes office. Okay? And like I said, right after that call, they nationalized the bank. And uh, this guy, Kolomoisky, he's been fighting to get it back ever since. He's filed multiple lawsuits. He claims that he was set up, that the claim that the ledger didn't balance was uh, false, and it was all a false pretense to take his bank. Now, here's what I think this this is all about. Uh, I think that Joe Biden possibly set up Kolomoisky because, one, he wanted to cut out the middleman, uh, take him out, and bury all the crimes that the Biden family benefited from, especially with the incoming Trump administration, and, you know, make this guy the fall guy. And also, at the same time, seize control, you know, uh, of the biggest bank in Ukraine into the hands of the government. Right? And so, this, this, this obviously goes back to when Biden had the prosecutor fired in 2016. But where I think that a lot of people, um, I have a different, I have a different theory on this now that I've, now that I've digged down this rabbit hole, right? So we know Biden was bragging about how he got Shokin fired, the prosecutor, by threatening to withhold the billion. He's, he's, he's on camera bragging about it. Um, and the, the pretext, the reason he said he did this was because apparently Shokin wasn't doing enough to prosecute the corruption. Um, and we know, we know that this prosecutor that was fired was actually investigating his son, Hunter Biden, and Burisma. But here's the thing. I think that Joe wanted the prosecutor fired... Um, and replaced with another because he wanted a prosecutor that was going to ignore Hunter Biden and instead focus solely on Kolomoisky. You see what I mean? That's what I think that this was about. I think he wanted a different prosecutor that was going to ignore Hunter Biden and focus solely on Kolomoisky. Okay, because, uh, you know, like... This is the fall guy, clearly. This is this is the fall guy, right? Now, get this. Um, after Kolomoisky lost his bank and Trump took over, in 2019, this guy Kolomoisky actually helped Zelensky get elected. Okay? So we know that Zelensky is a puppet president, right? But, in fact, this guy Kolomoisky, he happened to own the biggest media network in Ukraine. So, I mean, he's like a, a massive oligarch billionaire. And so he owned the, the energy companies. He owned the biggest bank, but he also owned the biggest media network. And so what he did was he launched an operation to take out uh, Poroshenko, the Biden, the Biden installed or the Obama installed fake president. And he wanted to replace him with Zelensky, his own puppet president. Okay, so what he did was, using his his massive media network, he produced a sitcom where Zelensky portrayed a president. And that's how he rose to fame. That's how Zelensky got international or, you know, massive national attention and rose to fame. And that's why he was able to upset 
Poroshenko and get elected. Okay? So everybody thinks, again, that Zelensky is the Biden, like one of Biden's assets, when in fact there was already this rift between Kolomoisky and Biden, and uh, they took his bank. And so this guy, what he wanted to do was get a, a puppet president, install a bunch of members into his cabinet, and then have parliament vote to give him his bank back. That's what I think this guy's goal was, right? So he installed his own puppet president. <coughs> and um, so now, now we see the Biden administration with this war between Russia and Ukraine sending like $100 billion over to Zelensky in Ukraine. And now Zelensky, the Ukrainian government under Zelensky is raiding this guy, seizing his assets. Also, by the way, in 2021, when Biden took back over, he put sanctions on Kolomoisky. And I think, um, and, and by the way, the DOJ, there's, there's, there's been multiple grand jury investigations opened into this guy. And uh, they want him extradited here into the United States. But Biden coinc- uh, conveniently put sanctions on him so that he can't come to the United States. It's all weird. But, but what I think is that uh, they don't want this guy to talk. They want to destroy him. They want to take him down. They want to take him out. Um, because obviously all of this, this guy is like the, the a big puzzle piece into the, the Biden crime syndicate and the money laundering operation in Ukraine. Okay, he's a central figure. So if they can take him out, then effectively they think that they can bury this and protect Hunter Biden, you know, which is an asset of Joe Biden. That's what I think is going on here. Okay? That's what I think is going on here. And, um, you know, I spent all freaking morning trying to figure this out. All morning. Oh, and by the way, yes, founder of Azov. So this guy, uh, Kolomoisky, by the way, I'm not trying to make him look like he's innocent. No. In fact, I'm almost positive that he was laundering money. That he was taking the IMF loan money and putting it into offshore accounts and in buying up real estate. And uh, I, I'm, I'm almost positive of that. And I think that the big guy probably got 10% off of that. This guy was also, like you said, guilty or accused of war crimes and uh, funding the Azov Battalion, the, the neo-Nazis, right? So don't, don't get it twisted. This guy's not innocent. But it's one crime syndicate trying to uh, take out another crime syndicate, throwing one under, the, one under the bus to protect themselves. That's what I think's going on here. Yep, and diaper wearer. Absolutely, yes. You know, Joe Biden... Um, he certainly does wear wear diapers. And the DOJ is now involved in this massive cover-up. This whole thing, I think it's a, a total cover-up. Okay, now we have a congressional oversight. You got Jim Jordan. You got the House Republicans. The Hunter Biden laptop. Hunter finally admitted that it was his, by the way. And it's all coming to, sir, uh, it's all coming to light. And you have people that want to expose this to the American public. So so the DOJ, 
the DOJ is stepping in and intervening and providing cover and protection for for Biden. You know, by expanding this investigation, you know, the, the, the DOJ taking handwritten notes and items from Biden's time as a senator, uh, handwritten notes from the time he was vice president, all this stuff. I, I, I'm telling you guys, Merrick Garland is not going to prosecute Biden. There's people that think that there's white hats. Merrick Garland's a white hat, and that this is all this is all coming crashing down on Joe, and they're going to remove him. I don't think that at all. I don't think that for one second. Uh, because you guys have to understand, this massive this massive crime syndicate, this massive deep state apparatus. Uh, if 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 Biden were to go down. Do you understand how that would reflect on all the other deep state actors? I mean, they rigged the election for Joe. While the mainstream media told you that this guy was a saint, (laughs) you know, this would reflect on all of the the mainstream media. It would reflect on every Democrat. It would reflect on the entire entire regime. So they're going to do everything in their power to protect their asset. You know, that's that's what this is about. But um, th- the good news is we have people that are, uh, you know, people like Dan Bongino and Marco Polo and the Gateway Pundit. There's people that are bringing this stuff to the light despite their efforts to control the burn. You know, and there's no hiding from it. It's all getting exposed. Do I think that the DOJ, there's going to be accountability for Joe Biden? Absolutely not. But it is all being exposed. Yep, yep, not going away, says slave to him. Forest of Liberty says, like a cheap sweater. Um, Slave to him says, like taking out the big guy, not good for business. Expert G says, good point, Nick. And then corrects himself and says point <laughs> i knew what you meant you didn't have you didn't have to spell check point I, I i knew what you meant man but thank you expert g yeah i'm full of them today good points um so this saga this 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 entire saga right we have um we have reports that this bank that i just told you about that was the uh paying a uh, hunter biden right Kolomoisky's bank, Privat Bank, was paying Hunter Biden through Burisma, right? And apparently, and again, I heard this on Dan Bongino's show, but this Privat Bank has like over 150 suspicious activity reports. And those suspicious activity reports are being covered uh, covered up by the U.S. Treasury. They're, they're trying to bury this. And what I would imagine is those suspicious activity reports would show the the money being wired to Hunter Biden, the money laundering that, you know, so so this guy Kolomoisky, again, I truly don't think he's innocent whatsoever and was absolutely laundering this money and engaging in a pay-to-play scheme at the same time with the Bidens. And so um, those suspicious activity reports would show that the IMF money and other uh, foreign aid from from us, the United States, would show that that money was being misappropriated to the benefit of the Bidens. 
You know, so so again, they're making this guy the fall guy. And it's actually very significant that he's been raided. The Gateway Pundit, I really don't think did did enough to emphasize the hugeness of this story. It's not getting a lot of attention. But it's a big it's a big story. It's a big, big piece to the puzzle. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, this is a big piece to the puzzle. Um be, you know, and again, Zelensky I, I swear, I think that this guy's plan was to install Zelensky and he would be uh, Kolomoisky's point man to help him get his, to get his bank back, you know, to take it back private and claim ownership of the bank that uh, Poroshenko's government took from him. Man, so, so with that said, ladies and gentlemen, um... Be sure to smash the like button, and we'll be right back after a message from our sponsor, Goldco. With the war in Ukraine, inflation being out of control, and the country being $30 trillion in debt, it's starting to look like 2008 all over again. Millions of Americans watched their retirement savings disappear, while those who invested in physical gold and silver were protected. And if you have $50,000 or more in your IRA, 401k, or savings, you could be at risk again. Right now, thousands of Americans are using an IRS loophole to add physical gold and silver to their retirement savings. Visit nicklovesgold.com now to get a free gold IRA kit and learn how thousands are protected protecting their retirement savings with gold and silver. Protect your savings and you could get up to $10,000 in free silver to do it. Gold Co. has an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau, thousands of customer reviews, and they've helped place over $1 billion in precious metals. We could be looking at a recession worse than 2008, so don't wait. Visit NickLovesGold.com. That's NickLovesGold.com. Okay, now this story just came across my desk. Breaking FBI to search Mike Pence's Indiana home for classified documents. The FBI will search Mike Pence's Indiana home for classified documents. I love how they always take the title and make that the first sentence, so I have to read it twice. But anyways, the Justice Department is in talks with Mike Pence's lawyers to conduct the search. Last Tuesday, it was reported that a small number of documents bearing classified markings were discovered at former Vice President Mike Pence's Carmel, Indiana home. According to CNN, Mike Pence had one of his lawyers search his residence for classified materials out of an abundance of caution. Vice President Mike uh, Pence was unaware of the existence of sensitive or classified documents at his personal residence. Pence understands the high importance of protecting sensitive and classified information and stands ready and willing to cooperate fully with the National Archives and any appropriate inquiry. Of course he does. Um, goody two-shoes Mike Pence snitching on himself. Yeah, I mean, you know, and I had another joke which didn't didn't land, but I'm going to tell it again. I said Mike Pence snitching on himself. He's basically like that kid back in school that, you know, when you're about to get out of class, this one doofus raises his hand and asks the teacher if she's going to give homework. And she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. That's Mike Pence. Self-snitching ass. Anyways, so um, so they're, they're going to be conducting a search for Mike Pence, a preemptive consensual search, just like they're doing for Joe Biden. You know, we, we just the recent- war in Ukraine inflation. <laughs> I did it again. I did it again. Uh, but we just learned that. So, so Joe Biden, his attorneys, I think Bob Bauer released a statement that they conducted a search of his pen center, his diaper tank, <clears throat> and, they found classified documents 
and immediately started cooperating with the DOJ, right? But it turns out, we just recently found out that that's not actually the case. What happened is the uh, Biden attorneys, for some reason, they, they conducted a search at the Penn Center and then contacted National Archives, who then contacted the DOJ. Okay, so this whole story about how Biden's attorneys immediately contacted the DOJ was a lie. And we also found out that the DOJ actually conducted a secretive search at the Biden Penn Center. We didn't know that until recently. And, you know, what we were told is that Biden's attorneys conducted the search and that was that. And we kept saying, why hasn't the DOJ stepped in and searched the Biden Penn Center? That should have been their first order of business. Right? Months have gone by. They have, they've had plenty of time to cover their tracks. But now we find out that the DOJ actually did go to the Penn Center. And so they're not being very transparent about this, that's for sure. And, uh, you know, the story that they're telling the public, it's not matching up. You know, as time goes on, we find out more and more and more things that are not adding up. And, <clears throat> and so um, I think as this is happening, you know, and people are starting to really raise a lot of legitimate questions about the DOJ's handling of this situation and drawing connections to how this is not really about just Biden having classified documents. This is a lot more about what he was doing with those classified documents, especially given the revelations of the Hunter Biden laptop. And so people are starting to focus on that. They're starting to, to get off the scent that they want you to be on. They want you to stay focused on whether or not he, he had the legal authority to have these documents and whether or not you know he, he cooperated with the DOJ. That's what they want you to focus on. They don't want you over here talking about the money laundering, influence peddling with his son in uh, Ukraine and China and all that stuff, right? So as people start to drift off into that territory, which they don't want you to go down, then all of a sudden we have this story come out about Mike Pence. And Mike Pence, you know, this story comes out that he, you know, just just uh, out of a good faith effort, you know, he, he sent his attorneys in to search his home, found some documents, and they immediately turned him over. And then you have the media saying, see, this isn't a common, all too common thing. You know, it, it just happens all the time. <clears throat> uh, people, vice presidents from, you know, Democrats, Republicans, they all got classified documents. And, you know, what what it really comes down to is whether or not they're, you know, wh- whether or not they, once they discover the documents, what do they do from there, right? That's the important thing. And so Mike Pence comes out and we have this story that, you know, he, he found some and he immediately contacted the DOJ like a good Samaritan. You go, Mike Pence. You go, Queen. You traitor. You traitor bastard. Got your little coin on January 6th. You know, the fly gravitated to your head because you're a piece of shit. Well, that's what I think they're trying to do here. They're trying to use this story as a distraction to show, you know, here's two guys. You got a, uh, uh, you got Biden and you got Mike Pence. And look how they handled it. Once they found the documents, they turned them over. But Trump, he, he didn't comply with a subpoena. Right? Trump is the real criminal here. That's how the, that's what I think this is about. So this story that they're going to search Mike Pence's Indiana home and blah, 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 blah. It's all a big distraction 
from everything I told you in the first half of this show. Screw Mike Pence. You know, people that think he's a white hat. I don't think so, whatever. I don't think so, whatever. I think that he is doing this because he's been told to, to take heat off of Joe Biden. Because they're all part of the same criminal syndicate, uniparty. And so don't even bother with this story. I only, I only brought this up to tell you that it's a big distraction and to not even bother with it. Okay? So, with that, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I think we're going to wrap this up. I want to encourage you guys to go to nicklovesgold.com and find out how millions of Americans are protecting their retirement with gold and silver. Get your free IRS loophole kit because, listen, as I said before and I'll say again, um, you know, inflation was artificially brought down before the midterms when Biden depleted the strategic petroleum reserves to lower gas prices and, you know, which lowers the price of everything else. But inflation is going to come back up, especially with the $1.7 trillion omnibus package, which takes about six months to see the effects of. And there's really no plan. <laughs> there's really no plan. Uh, so I, w- I want you guys to be prepared. And, uh, you know, my, my mother, I, I, she has a financial advisor. She told me they pulled all of her money, all of her money out of the stock market uh, because she's lost a lot of money in the past year. And they're, you know, I guess they foresee that, you know, the, the market's not going to recover anytime soon. So gold, gold is a hedge against inflation. And with the war going on, uh, you know, $30 trillion in debt, inflation being out of control with no plan to fix it, gold is a safe and uh, time-tested hedge in times of economic struggle. Okay, there's a reason they call it the gold standard. So, uh, check out nicklovesgold.com and also make sure to smash like on this stream. Anyways, thanks for watching. And I will see you next time.